prayers that have been prayed, for those that have taken time out of their schedule to worship with us today. We ask that your word will fall upon the good soul of their hearts and gain great and mighty root. Father, as we look into your word, that you will reveal yourself in an even greater manner and a greater opportunity for us to grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are in our second version or episode of our series entitled One Team, One Vision, One Mission, and One Voice. And last week when we started, we talked about one and what one is defined as. And we talked about one as being defined as being complete, being entire, being whole. And we looked at the example in the book of Genesis, and we talked about how God, how he was one, he was complete and whole, and as he went through the days of creating, he said, let there be, and then he kept saying, let there be, and he said it a couple more times, but then when he got to the sixth day, he said, let us, where he was calling in, although it is a oneness. There was other components, the spirit and the son. He said, let us make men in our image and in our likeness. And we also brought out last week the fact that in that same uniqueness of his oneness, God also created man. We brought out the fact that when he created man, the woman was already inside the man. And we teasingly talked about what was the woman's name before the fall. Y'all remember that? All right. For those of y'all that don't know, her name was Adam because they were in such perfect harmony. She didn't become Eve until after the fall. After separation occurred, then they had to be differentiated. So now as we look at the, the, the great potential that oneness has, how it brings about things can happen, and as we talk about being one team with one vision, with one mission, with one voice, we want to not only say that, we want to know what it looks like. Because if I can see a thing in my imagination, it becomes more tangible to me in order to make it happen. But if I can't see it, then it probably won't happen. And we've heard folks come up with slogans and, and things like that, but we want to be about the action that this should manifest in the lives of us and those around us. The other point that we brought out last uh, week was the fact that Jesus even prayed that we would walk in oneness. He, he, he said, I want, Father, I, my desire is that they will walk in the same oneness that you and I walk in. And then we talked about how we want to have this unity, this completeness, this wholeness in the Father so that we will also understand how to have that same type of operation with those around us. We call that the right angle configuration, where our vertical alignment and our horizontal alignments all lock into what God desires for us. And then we also mentioned last week that the bottom line is that God wants this relationship with us. He wants us to have this time of worship with him. That was what we were created for. We were created to worship him, to acknowledge him. 
He says that if we acknowledge him in all our ways, guess what he'll do? He'll Direct tell us where to go. The Bible says direct your path, but I'd like to tell us where to go. And because it's just how God operates, he constantly wants to communicate with us. He wants us to have, he wants us to achieve, not just so it's something for us, but it's for his glory. So that he can say, that's my child. How many of us have had children that have competed in athletic events, and when they do something successful, we the first one to jump up. Well, some of us are the first ones to jump up and say, that's my kid, that's my son, that's my daughter. You know, it had this big old grin on your face. You know, that's one of the things about uh, my dad. My dad would show up, and you would he'd be quiet until I did something. Once I did something, he'd be one of the loudest voices. Now, daddy hardly didn't even talk. But when we did something, you know, he would, because that's what a father has. He has his pride in his children. The same thing that the Father in heaven, God, desired for us. He wants us, because not only does it cause a celebration for us, but it reflects back on the parent. And the parent is happy that the kid is excelling and making sure that the name is known. And so as we look at today's scriptures, we're still talking only about the power of one. Next week, we're going to talk about one team and then on, on and so forth and so forth. So if you could turn in your Bibles to Genesis, the 11th chapter. Genesis, the 11th chapter. And we're going to go through those first nine verses of the 11th chapter. Genesis, the 11th chapter. One of the reasons why uh, we are in Genesis is because Genesis is the foundational book of the Bible. It's, it's the book of beginnings. It's how everything started uh, one of my old pastors used to say, it's the law of first mention. The law of first mention means when it is first mentioned, that is the way that something is supposed to work. And then uh, over time, things get kind of deviated, but it says the law of first mention. So we know in Genesis 1-1, God's whole desire was for him to have this unity, this relationship with us. And we can look at this 11th chapter of Genesis and now see the power of unity. Everybody got Genesis 11 chapter? I'm going to start at the first verse. And this is the English Standard Version. And it says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shemar and settled there. Number three says, and they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold. They are one people, and they have all one language. 
And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, his name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Let's talk about this for a moment. If I may give a little background, this is probably about the fifth generation of Noah. So that means that Noah's sons had sons who had sons who had sons. But the significant thing is, because remember, Noah, the Noah family was the only living folks on earth. So this is why it's significant that it says that they had one language. And they spoke the same word. You know how, for instance, if you go up north and you drink a flavored carbonated beverage, they call it a pop. You come down south, they call it a soda. If you go further into the Midwest, they call it soda pop. But it's all the same thing. Back then, it was all the same word. So when they say the same language, they all spoke English, but they also used the same words to convey thoughts. That is how powerful unity is. They all said the same thing. They all used the same word in order to convey their thoughts. And they all, it says they all migrated together. They found this area that they wanted to get established. And it says, come on, let's, let's, let's make brick and let's burn it so it's, it's going to be solid. Let's take all the moisture out of it so that it becomes solid. And let's take this tar, bitumen, this tar substance like mortar, and start building this building. If you ever have the opportunity to go, once it calms down a little bit, uh, to Iraq, you will see what they call the ziggurats. The ziggurats were these buildings that were built like stair steps. And the whole purpose of these buildings was to go up towards heaven. That was the whole purpose. These folks knew they couldn't make it to heaven, but they wanted this symbol to show this is our religious uh, desire. We want to operate so that we can show folks or have this focal point so that we can see what it looks like to be religious. Don't that sound like folks today? <laughs> How we want to do all, and if you notice, in these all nine verses, they didn't say anything to do for God. They didn't say anything to do to worship God. They said, we want to be like God. And we want to be able to show God that we can be just like him. we got this thing together. And this is how we're going to do it. And then the, the thing that I, I, when I, every time I read this, I always think about this. It says that the Lord came down and saw what they were doing. Now, we know that God created them. And we know that God instilled 
who he was, his likeness into them. And so he says, and the Lord said, number uh, verse number six. Now this, listen, this is what the Lord said. He says, behold, they are one people. The Lord said they are one people, and they have one language. They are unified in their bodies and in their way of communication. How many, you know what, y'all know this is true. I don't really have to say this because y'all already know it's true, but I'm going to say it. How many times have you had to re-explain something to somebody because they said, that ain't, that ain't what I got from what you said. But they didn't have this issue. They didn't have this problem. They were one. They were unified. They were complete. They were whole. All these different people, but they were functioning as one. And he says, in verse number 16, he says, And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Why? Because they are one people having one language. But wait a minute. If God... But see, this is, again, because God made us free will agents, because we can make decisions... He gave us this ability, and the whole intention of him giving us this ability to be one people and to have one language was to all of us focus everything on magnifying him, glorifying him, giving him his due for who he is and what he's done for us. But because of sin, and sin causes us to look inward instead of outward, it causes us to say, this is what I can do. And God says, because they are unified, there's nothing, let me read it to you, and nothing that they propose to do. So if they even think about doing it because they're in unity with one voice, guess what? They can do it. There's nothing that will be impossible. Now, it will not achieve what God wanted for them to achieve, but they will be able to do it because they are operating in the power of unity. And he says, come on, let us go down and there and confuse their language. Because remember, we talked about in Genesis 8 where God says, I will never again destroy mankind. He said, I'll never, I'll never do it that way again. So he said, I got the ticket. We just confused the language. We'll make them change. So you can imagine you sitting there, you talking to somebody, and all of a sudden they start talking to you in Italian. You talking to somebody else, and they start talking to you in German. They start talking to somebody, start talking to you in French. You talking to somebody else, they start talking to you in uh, Arabic. You you don't know what they're saying. <laughs> now before a word meant the same thing to everybody, but now our ability to communicate has been disrupted. Now I don't even understand what you're trying to say. So now we have this confusion. And when you have confusion, guess what? You no longer have unity. When you no longer have unity, guess what? Nothing can be proposed. 
When you can't propose anything, guess what? You can't do nothing. Isn't that something? How simple or how powerful our words can be and our ability to convey those words to other people. That's why I had a series that I was preaching, and it's called Words Have Meaning. And one of my friends said, you know, that's quite obvious. I said, yeah, but we just don't understand that. You say stuff, and you may be gesturing, but the power of the words that you say. Mm -hmm. Let's drive down that alley real quick. God said that you have to be accountable for even every, every joke, every idle word that you make. You're accountable for those words. That's why sometimes when you joke with folks, you have to be careful because they, you may be joking and they may believe that you're joking, but it may hit that right nerve and now it becomes, we're going to fight. Because words have meaning. Yolanda gets on me because I'll say, like, this always happens. And I know it don't always happen, but I'll say always. Because I want folks to know that I'm just messing right now. But some folks will be like, oh, yeah. And then I have to say, wait a minute. You know I'm just playing. They're like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you can tell that they did because words have this ability to form this picture. If you remember, I always reference back to when God created us and he made, gave us this imagination. Imaginations, guess what, have no limits. They have no boundaries. Your mind can take you anywhere. They can show you anything. That's, God created that for us. That is why we can look at something and God can say, you can do this with that, and we can actually see it, and if we see it, we begin to move towards it. Mm -hmm. Because everybody can say, that's, that's not possible, but because you can see it, you can make it happen. Mm -hmm. The same thing that was happening with these people. They all saw it. They all communicated it. They all said, this is your part, and this is your part, and they all walked in accordance to that. And it was happening. Like I said, they got the ziggurats in Iraq right now. Guess what? They're still sitting there after all these years. They're still there, looking like little stair steps. And the whole goal was that these were the places of worship, where they would worship the God that they had created for themselves. And he says, so the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Why? Because confusion set in. Because we could not communicate effectively. We could not communicate efficiently. I just don't know what you're saying. And it becomes frustrating. Now, I'm not going to, this ain't February, so I ain't really going to throw in the marriage thing. But this is why a lot of couples have problems. Because they don't know how to communicate effectively to one another. And if you don't know how to communicate effectively to one another, you will not have effective communication. Isn't that something? And then, so therefore, its name was called Babel. And what do we say today? We say, we still use the word today. Folks just babbling. They, they don't even know what they're talking about. They're just babbling. They're just running off at the mouth. Just babbling. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. The power of oneness. God had to change how things were done 
because he said, because they are one people, they have one language, that whatever they propose, whatever they decide to do, will not be impossible for them. So this is why I believe this is a great uh, uh, series for us to be in because this now kind of makes us have to think about what do I need to do to operate in oneness, in unity with those that I work with, those that I live with, those that I have uh, uh, interaction with, what, do, what adjustments do I have to make? One of the things that I want to bring out is the fact that when you're operating in oneness, it's not about you. It's about the goal that has been set. And I told you our number one goal is to worship the Father. That is our number one goal, to bring him glory, to lift him up. That is our number one goal because he says, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all the men unto you, unto me. And if it draws folks, then things can happen. Sometimes we get caught into the fact of drawing folks based upon our ability, based upon our charisma. But what God's saying, just acknowledge me, lift me up, and I will bring in the folks that are necessary to accomplish the vision that I have set before you. But we're not talking about vision today, we're just talking about oneness. So Genesis reveals the power of unity, one voice, one people, one language. There's another example of it in the New Testament. Can I show it to you real quick? I'm going to do it anyhow, but yet, let's go to Acts, the second chapter. Acts, the second chapter. As we look at Acts, the second chapter, starting at the first verse, We remember in Acts the first chapter, Jesus said, I want y'all to go, and I want y'all to tarry, and then you will receive the promise. If you did not know, Jesus was crucified during the Passover. Jesus, as they say in Hebrew, was the final Passover lamb that we no longer need the blood of lambs and goats and bulls, but we have the sacrifice, the eternal sacrifice, Jesus Christ the Lord, who has become the substitute for us, that no longer have we go through these annual rituals in order to uh, get uh, atonement for our sin, but he has the perpetual, that means it's constantly happening atonement for us. But you know, one of the things that I, I, I just, that really just gets me about God, God does everything based upon these cycles that he's already created. So they had the Passover, and Jesus comes, and Jesus gets crucified, becomes the permanent Passover lamb during Passover. And then they already had this festival that they celebrated called Shabbat, which was 
50 days after the Passover. Now, in Greek, Pentecost means 50 days. Ain't that something? We thought it was a brand new name. No, it's just 50 days after the Passover. This is what it was. It was already a festival that they had. So they were already going to be there to celebrate this festival. But Jesus said, while you're there, I want y'all. Oh, well, let's look at it. And it says in verse chapter number 2, verse number 1. And it says, and when the day of Pentecost was now come. Remember, they were already going to be there. It's the festival. It's already this time. They were all together in many places. In one place. What did you say? And suddenly there came from heaven a sound as the rushing of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them tongues, parting asunder like as a fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse number five. Now they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Isn't this something? They were all in one place. Another verse says they're all in one accord. And they were all together. And so now they became this one people together. And then it says that a sound like a mighty rushing wind comes in there. It didn't say a mighty rushing wind. It says a sound like a mighty rushing wind comes in. And it filled all, and there appeared unto them. And they were all, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them other. Isn't this something? They were one people, and the Spirit gave them what? One language. What you, what? We just read about that in the Old Testament, didn't we? God's make, but see, God, in the Genesis, it was man's doing. This time, it's God's doing. But let's, can, let's, do, let's look at a little bit more of that. that, that Man, oh man. When I was going through this, I was, I was like, okay, I can't wait till Sunday. And it says in verse number six, and when the sound was heard, wait a minute. Not only was the sound of the mighty rushing wind just in the room, not only was this, this, this new language that the Spirit was given was in this room, it was loud enough that other people could hear it. And it says, and when the sound was heard, this multitude, this devout men from every nation on the hand came together and they were confounded. Why were they confounded? Because they heard every man speaking in his own language. What you say? The town of Babel when folks were trying to build their own image of in their own direction to God, God had to confuse the language and now he's unifying them by having the Spirit speak to the other people in their own language. Woo! Good Lord, have mercy. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying, Behold, are not all these that speak Galileans? Now let me tell you something about these Galileans. <laughs> Galileans are like the lowbrow people, you know, the people, the people from whatever lower than the projects. Whatever, you know, they were them people. Those are the people we didn't even associate with. That's why uh, the one disciple, I can't even think of his name right now, said, can anything good come out of Galilee? You see what I'm saying? These, these, oh, these are the, these people speaking to me in my life. Isn't this something God took 
It didn't matter their social status. It didn't matter. It mattered that they were, if we remember in the first verse, they were one place on one accord. And because they became one people, God gave them the one language that they could speak to every man. And it says in verse 8, and now hear ye every man in our own language, where we were born, they're talking in my hometown language. They're speaking so that I can understand. And then it says, and then it brings out Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and uh, Cappadocia and Pontus and in Asia and Phyra and in Familia in Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene and sojourners from Rome, both Jews and Presbyterians. That's folks from all over the place. And they're speaking in the language of that individual so that they can understand what's being said. And then we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty works of God. Because that's what God wants. If we acknowledge him in all our ways, guess what he does? He directs our path. If we lift him up, he draws all men unto himself. Isn't this significant that when we try to do it within ourselves, God has to stop it because we are destroying ourselves. So he allows confusion to come in so that we no longer have to continue down that road. That's why sometimes we get frustrated when we start doing stuff on our own. Okay. When we start doing it within ourselves, we start getting all flustered. Uh-huh. I knew this was going to work. I uh-huh. know this is going to work. But God says, if you say you're in me and you start trying to do it in yourself, we got an issue. Okay. But if I'm going to walk in Christ, if I'm going to be a, a, a disciple, I have to walk in the parameters that God has set up. Number one is, I provide him worship. I acknowledge him in all my ways. And when I do that, he provides the direction that I need. He provides the ability to communicate that I need so that other folks can hear what is being conveyed. And and verse 12 says, and they were all amazed. And they were perplexed, saying one to another, what meaneth this? What, What? And then this opened up the door for Peter to proclaim the word of God to the folks. Walking in oneness means that we spend time together, that we understand one another, and but that we're not looking for self-recognition. I heard this saying, and I, I believe, uh, I think it was, President Wilson was the first, noted the first, as the first person to say that. He said that anything can be accomplished if it doesn't matter who gets the credit. Amen. 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 Anything can be accomplished if it doesn't matter who gets the credit. Amen. You know, I have discovered, I've been doing this Christian thing for a little bit, and I've discovered that sometimes we, we, we really don't want to help if, if, if we don't get recognized. Okay. We really don't want to do it if we don't get recognized. And that's a violation of the oneness principle. I watch, you know, I watch sports, and I've noticed in in athletic events that the quarterback in football 
Boy, he, he could be the sorriest quarterback, but his name get mentioned all the time. That little old lineman that's down there that's protecting him and all that stuff, they're getting dirty, grungy, and, uh, you know, they're getting all messed up. But they hardly mention him in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. But who did the quarterback? He said, well, I appreciate my lineman. Because he understands that it's without them, I couldn't be successful. But if we don't allow pride to come into anything that we have going on, it is easy for us to achieve what needs to happen. That's part of this oneness. Look at this. They got into one. It was already the time they was going to be there anyway, but this time they got to this one place, and they got on one accord. And they sat there, and God, because they were on one accord, sent the Spirit of God. Guess what? Which was also a promise that Jesus said, I got to go, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send a comforter, and he's going to tell you about the Father, and he's going to bring back to remembrance everything that I told you. Isn't this something? How this just all worked out. And it brings glory to God. This is, this is what I, la I laugh about this every time because these guys said, they're talking to me in my own language. And all they keep talking about is the wondrous works of God. That's all they keep saying. That's all they're doing is magnifying God. I'm saying, like, how are you talking in my own language? They're telling me to uh, magnify the, the works of God. Because if that becomes our focus, if our focus is giving God his due glory, it starts affecting everyone around us. Folks say, there's something different about you. There's, so, there's something that is, I don't really want to be around you, but something keeps attracting me to you. The way you talk, the way you conduct yourself, the things that you do, all y'all, I mean, I just want to be a part of what y'all got going on. 3,000 folks that day say, hey, I'm going to do what y'all doing. Because of the power of operating in one. As one. In unity, in completeness, in wholeness. That is what God desired for us. Now we can do it the way they did it in Genesis with the Tower of Babel, which is the way a lot of us have been doing it. And we can still be confused, frustrated. Or we can take the time to come together with other believers and wait on the empowerment from God to operate in the unity that he has called for us to operate in. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, God, for this series of operating in oneness. And Father, as we have talked about how you designed it to be, and today how it looked and looks. We ask that you give us the wisdom, give us the uh, fortitude to operate in the power of the oneness like the day of Pentecost. That we will glorify you, and that we will lift up one another, and that you will get the glory in it all. That people will be affected for your glory, and that everything will point towards you. We thank you and honor you for this time together. And we ask that you bless it all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.